So when it comes to child development, we say that a little kid at a certain point makes the connection between sounds, intentional sounds that he or she produces and their ability to make some kind of demand or express some kind of wish or sentiment or something like that. Meaning, uh, at first, uh, a little baby is hungry and uh, all he or she can do is cry until he or she is fed. Uh, but at a certain point, uh, the, the little kid, then maybe at whatever age it is, varies somewhat, right? Uh, somewhat to more so. Uh, understands that I don't uh, I don't just have to cry I can say something a specific sound I know what it's gonna be it's gonna be milk right like I uh, it's intentional milk uh, in English in another language it's something else so I can say milk and then maybe I can figure out that if I say the sound orange juice I'm gonna get a different taste in my mouth and if I say the sound apple juice I'm gonna get a different taste yet in my mouth and now if I say uh, I can differentiate all of that from when I feel cold. And now I'm going to say cold, so that means blanket. And uh, Now I want my teddy bear, so instead of just crying, I'm going to say teddy bear. Why? Because without the, the uh, specific sounds, well, my uh, mommy, daddy, or a caretaker is not going to, or babysitter, or whoever it is, is not going to know what it is specifically that I want. Meaning, if I simply cry, the infant uh, or the little kid eventually understands, my caretaker is not going to know uh, it, it, do I want milk? Do I want orange juice? Do I want apple juice? Do I want my teddy bear? Am I hot? Am I cold? Do I have a stomachache? Do I have a toothache? Or th- what is it at first? The, the to- teeth uh, begin to protrude. Um, there's a term for that. I forget. Uh, whatever it is. Gnashing, growing teeth. Um, toothing, right? Maybe. Uh, right? So uh, if I, uh, my, uh, the, my mommy or daddy or caretaker is not going to know which exact desire and need it is. So consequently, that's what I need these specific terms for. And then again, if I want orange juice, I say orange juice. If I want apple juice, I say apple juice. If I want milk, I say milk and so forth and so on. So we see here that uh, we can, if we're going to call this deliberate uh, process of deducing what it is, what what's absent, what lack we have, right? Are we lacking orange juice? Are we lacking apple juice? Are we lacking milk? Are we lacking heat, uh, uh, too much heat or too much cold, we can call that process reasoning. And then we can call uh, naming it uh, language. So we see here that language and reasoning is subservient to, meaning it's a, a servant to the impulses and, and, and desires of, excuse me, the little kid. Meaning first the desire for apple juice or milk or orange juice comes about. Then uh, a kid thinks, or a little, very little kid thinks, okay, how do I get what I want? I need uh, this. This is what I want. It's not that, right? I'm not cold or hot. I want milk. This is what I want. So he's a little reasoning. And in order for me to get what I want, I need to say the word milk, the sound me ilk. All right. And uh, consequently, I hope that mom, your dad, or caretaker will provide uh, this need to me. So we see, uh, consequently, that this becomes, this is the standard uh, mode of thought that we have as people because there's no strict uh, kind of line in the sand after which the, the, the mode of thought changes. And it's not even clear if it can change, but let's try to discuss that in a second. But here we see that uh, the, the, by proxy, this, this is the style of thought. First, an impulse or desire comes to mind, and then 
reasoning is used to try to figure out how can this impulse be satisfied? How can this desire be satisfied? Or uh, something we don't want. Again, it's too cold. How can, Well, then it's a desire to feel not cold, we can say. So how can it be satisfied? And uh, what language, what terms do I need to use in order to satisfy this desire? So what does this look like or to, to enable the satisfaction of this desire, such as saying, mommy, bring me milk, daddy, bring me orange juice? So how does this uh, process of thought look like when we get older? Well, old, uh, when we get older, it's not simply a question of heat and cold and, and, uh, and milk and orange juice and, and um, whatchamacallit, uh, applesauce uh, frequently. Not, I see not always in that we can certainly be uh, in certain conditions where that's the only thing that, that's of uh, mind, right? We're lost on a, on a snowy day. We only, and at a certain point, we just care that it's cold potentially, but if we're just living a, a, a average regular life, meaning uh, with all elements present, uh, work, family, all of that, society, then there's more elements present. And uh, consequently, our impulses and our desires, they stretch out. And now they have to do with our self-esteem needs and with our pride and with our desire to feel a certain way and not to feel another cer- a certain type of way. And um, this extends outward to, and, and, and can, can have to do with hundreds, if not thousands of, uh, if not tens of thousands of different particular things. So for example, before, as a, as a little kid, we thought, I want uh, orange juice. Now we think, I want this show on Netflix. Before, we said, we thought, I want milk. Now we think, I want uh, this car instead of that car. Before, we would think, I'm too hot. Now we think, I'm not rich enough. Before, we thought, I'm too cold. Now we, we think, you know, I need to get a new job. Before we, And you get the point, right? And this extends. Now we think, I need to be in a different relationship. Now, I like how this person makes me feel. I don't like how this person makes me feel. I like uh, th- this environment w- w- where I'm in. I don't like it. This makes me feel like this. I like it. This makes me feel like that. I don't like it. This thought, th- this idea is uh, makes me feel good. I like it. This one doesn't, right? So it's the same kind of thing. And after this, we use our reasoning to try to figure out how to get what we want and how to move away from what we don't want. And then we use language to facilitate that as best as we can. So what does this look like? Um, examples of this. So let's say, for example, uh, we, uh, we're we very lazy, right? And then somebody, a family member tells us, hey, you need to go work out and you need to get in shape. So all that we know is I don't want to do anything. That's all that we know. It's the, it's a basic primitive impulse, the same as a little kid. What it doesn't A little baby doesn't want to... Uh, go go exert uh, you know their their energy. We don't want to either. So now we use our reasoning to try to figure out how can I avoid doing anything without looking bad. So we say, okay, what are some of the common things that people say? Uh, I'm too tired. I don't have time. Now we use language, right, to try to figure out those words, try to phrase it correctly. So we say, no, no, I don't have any time to to get in shape, right? I, uh, I or I'm not. Uh, I'm too tired. Uh, or something like this, or my, my uh, la- leg hurts, or my back hurts. So we say it's the same process. Again, a little kid uh, at a very young age has a desire to, let's say, it's too, uh, they're cold at night, right? So they yell, mommy, bring me a blanket, right? Uh, they, they, they think, what do I need? I need to uh, a blanket. We use racing a little bit, and then I need to use the terms, mommy, bring me a blanket, or daddy, caretaker, whatever. Uh, right? And then uh, we hopefully get the blanket. So now we're a little bit older. So we think, I don't want to, to work out. 
yet I don't want to look bad and, and look lazy. So what do I need to say? I say, I'm too tired or I'm, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't have time or something like this, right? Uh, or for example, let's say it, it, it's very painful, for example, to think and, and, uh, and reason and, and stuff like that in a, in a more advanced way. So now somebody wants us to, uh, to think about something uh, or to, to uh, learn something or something like this. So it's very simple. We don't want to. Just like uh, we, uh, as a baby, we, we wanted or didn't wa- uh, want something. So now we use our reason to think, how do I, again, make this, uh, accommodate this impulse that's coming from my quote-unquote unconsciousness, just this natural impulse that I have. So we maybe say something, oh, I already know all that. Or we say, um, something, oh, no, I don't have time, or, oh, I'm too busy. Again, all this kind of stuff. It's what we call excuses, but here we're just trying to understand it a little bit deeper. So we see that this is the, the standard mode of life for, uh, for us when we don't do anything about it, meaning things come to our attention from where we know not, from what some psychologists maybe would call non-consciousness, but it's not clear specifically what that means, but we could just call it that, right, from non-consciousness. It comes to our attention. We have this tiny little sliver of awareness, which consists out of uh, being justifying or using reason and language a little bit. So things come to our awareness, and then we figure out how do I use reason? How do I use language in order to accommodate these impulses and inclinations and desires and aversions that are coming to my awareness? Again, we go through life. Something in us says, I like this. Something else says, I don't like this. Something says, I want to do this. Something says, I don't want to do this. I, uh, I want to be uh, the, the, uh, working here. I don't want to be working there. I want to be with this person. I don't want to be with that person. I want to be uh, spending my free time like this. I don't want to be spending my free time like that, right? We have no idea where these desires came from. We have no idea what it is actually that we want on a deeper level. But all that we know is that we do want something or we don't want something. So after that, we, again, use our reason to try to figure out how do we get what we wanted, and we use language to justify it after the fact, just like with the workout example. So we see that ex- the same type of thinking and the same style of life that we had when we were, uh, it, even the day we were born, when we were crying because we didn't like something, maybe too much noise at a, in the womb, it's nice and quiet, now it's too noisy and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, we were in the same mode of life that we had when we were a few days old and a few weeks old and a few months old, even now that we maybe are uh, 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, 70 years old, 100 years old, 120 years old, however old we are, nothing has changed at all. And it's the same exact thing. And we subsist on this little tiny sliver of awareness, which consists out of justifying the things that emerge to the surface, again, quote unquote, from quote unquote, our unconsciousness or subconscious, whatever somebody would call it, right? So in other words, the lights have not come on. We subsist entirely as, as an animal in the animal frame of mind because this is exactly how animals think, right? We think that animals, they, they have an instinct, they want to survive, but they're just pursuing uh, pleasure and trying to run away from pain if we really think about it, right? For example, they did a, an amazing study with rats where they hooked up rats to uh, electrodes to, to rat brains, to their brains, which for whatever reason was extremely pleasurable to their pleasure center or something like that. So uh, the rats then, if they hit a lever, they would feel this pleasure. So our, we say rats are just little robots. They, they only care about survival. They're not about pleasure or pain. Like what does that have to do with them? They just care to live. They're, they're, they're programmed to survive. 
So we would think that the rat didn't pay this any mind. What is it? What does that have to do with anything? So the rat continued to groom itself, continued to eat and drink and reproduce and sleep and do all the, the things that it needs to survive. But what really happened was that the rats hit this, uh, the lever at the expense of everything else and they stopped grooming themselves and they stopped reproducing and they stopped eating and drinking and they had to be disconnected to not starve to death as the study conveys it or as an account of the study conveys it. So we see here that this is the, the, the rat has no idea what it's doing or why it's do, doing it. It just knows that this feels good and this doesn't feel good. And then it uses it, whatever little uh, share of, of intellect, if we want to call it that, to be nice to it, it has to figure out how do I, uh, how do I uh, gain this pleasure or avoid this pain. For example, here I need to hit the lever. I figure out that I need to come up to the lever, then I need to move my paw in this position, then I need to hit, and then I'm going to feel pleasure. Right? If it could speak, it would say, oh, this is, uh, you know, I just can't help it. I just want to. It's, or, you know, it's, everything else is not so important. Or maybe there's, there's no purpose to life. It's just important. It's therefore live and be merry because tomorrow I'm going to die. Right? It would, it would justify it with, uh, with some kind of talk. But ultimately, it's simply because it wanted to and it did what it wanted. So we say that it's exactly the same thing. And in fact, just about all so-called formulations and life philosophies and ideologies and all of this are simply post-fact justifications of what we wanted. So for example, we want to do something that, that is the equivalent of hitting the, the rat hitting the lever to attain pleasure. So then we shop around and try to find some kind of system of thought, something that purportedly expresses itself in reason using language to make it sound like a good idea. Right or something, or conversely, we want to not be too involved in, in, in pleasurable things and worldly things. So we shop around and find an ideology where it's noble and, and, and great to, to not pursue pleasure. Right? Oh, look at those people pursuing pleasure. But initially, it's because of what we wanted. It was simply an impulse rising from the unconscious, if we want to call that, from the subconscious. That in, in, in the same exact method, in the same process that uh, we share in common with people that are born or little infants that are born on their first day. So anyhow, the question is, is there an alternative to this or not? Or is this the only way? Because if it's the only way, there's no criticism at all to be had. So we'll say this. It's not clear whether it's possible to, in, in the final and absolute sense, get away from our, our lower natures and our impulses and inclinations and doing what we want. Because then it's, a person could ask, well, if you're not, how can you do something that you don't want in any way at all, right? If you ultimately don't want something in any way whatsoever, well, then you're not going to do it. That's correct. So you have to want it on some level in some way. But what we can do is we can try to use our reasoning and use our language first and then follow what the, the results are. So that would still be doing what we want because we want to do that, but it would be seemingly at least somewhat more elevated than what an infant does or what on, its, on the first day of his or her birth or what a rat does. Even if it's not qualitatively different, it would be quantitatively different. It would be more advanced and a, and a level up and a step up. What does that mean? What that means is that first we ask ourselves using language, using reason, what is it that is good for me? What am I and what is, what is good for me? Am I what I call my body? Am I my hands and legs and face and stomach? Seemingly not, right? Because if goodness forbid I, I were to lose my limb, there wouldn't be less of me. So maybe I'm not my, my arms and legs and stomach and, and face and stuff like that. So what am I? The, oh, look, I have a mind. It's influenced by my ideas. 
uh, I can act and it influences also my mind and, and I can hold to different morals and different ideals and it, and it also seemingly has a very vast impact on my experience, right? So we begin to think uh, these kinds of things. And then we think, what is best for me? Truly, what is the course of life that I have to follow? What should I do before I've done it? Not first want to do something and then do it, but say, I have no idea what I want to do or what I should do. I have no idea what will lead to my highest good. Now let me sit and let me think. And after I come to conclusions, then I do what I thought up. Instead of first doing something or wanting to do something or having the impulse or inclination and then using language and reasoning to justify it, just like again, the, uh, we, we is a natural mode of life. First, it, it's true, we have to want to do it. But again, we said it's, it's a level up. First, we want to use reason and language to try to, 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 to reason about our life and what it is that we uh, should and shouldn't want and should and shouldn't do. And then we do it or don't do it based on our conclusions. So for example, an example of that is we see, for example, that plenty of people do uh, very destructive things that ultimately they will acknowledge are destructive. For example, they go and endanger their whole career with, uh, you know, with a romantic, illicit romantic uh liaison, if that's the right word, or fair, aka, or they go and they steal something, right? Even if they know that later that they can get caught or something like this, or they go and they uh, look at things that, inappropriate things that they don't want to look at or that are embarrassing, or they go and they, they get angry and they say things that they, later they regret, right? We see this all the time. What's going on? What's going on is exactly this, is the person hasn't advance to a higher mode of life where first they're reasoning and then they're doing and not doing. It's the same thing as with the infant and with the rat. The impulse comes to mind and then we use reason to figure out how to do it. So in other words, let's say, again, we, uh, the impulse comes to mind to engage in a relation that will not be to anybody's highest good. Maybe we are in a, in a high position of power and there's a an intern, for example, and maybe we're married and maybe we're very famous. And we know that if we satisfy this impulse, there is no no good that will come out of it aside from a very short period of time. But we haven't trained ourselves to first use raisin and then do it. First we want, first we do, then we use raisin. So that's exactly what we do. And after, oh no, how could this have happened? Now we have to use raisin to get ourselves out of it, maybe to deny it, to lie about it, maybe to say it's because of this or that, so forth and so on, uh, just as a purely, uh, you know, theoretical example. Uh, or, for example, it, it may be that we, uh, uh, we're a kleptomaniac. We see something, we want to take it. So we walk into a store, we see a, a candy bar, we have a very strong desire to take it. So we take it because this is our mode of life. We do what we want. An impulse comes up, we satisfy it. After that, we're asked, why did you take it? Well, it's because you know, the stores, they have enough money. Well, it's because uh, there's enough, uh, They nobody cares. It's it's no big deal. It's only a doubt, right? Then we use the language just as we've been explaining this whole time. So we say that this is this is the, the, this is the reason, right? And maybe it extends towards uh, an addiction, towards a drug or alcohol addiction, or towards an obsessive compulsive disorder, or toward uh, other habits and and, uh, and and things that we don't want or to a relationship that we uh, is not truly to our benefit uh, and so forth and so on right we just feel we feel oh I, I hate this person and now we want we go and we try to uh, damage them or, or hurt them and then we say well it's because they were objectively evil they were objectively bad 
right? Afterward, we justify it. Or we just feel naturally drawn to a person. So we, we ruin our whole life or enter into a relationship with a person that is, is like, goodness forbid, abusive or is the, the wrong person. But hey, we wanted to, right? I did what I wanted. And after we say, yeah, but it, it, he or she had a good heart. He or she was was really, it was true love, right? We use words after to justify it. So this is the mode of life. We see it super duper destructive or it can be. And lucky is the person that naturally is drawn to all the right things that are truly good for him or her and consequently never has to think. In fact, that's probably impossible because we're complicated creatures and we're not like, a, even a rat can be deceived as simple as it is, right? You hook up a, a, a rat to a pleasure, to a, um, whatchamacallit, to, uh, to these sensors, and the rat will, will uh, starve him or her, uh, starve, not, starve itself to death in pursuit of pleasure. Even better and more realistic or common example is, is a mouse that sees a piece of cheese. I want the cheese. I'm going to go grab it. That's it. Never mind that I, that I can be trapped uh, in a trap, right? So we say that uh, even animals can be deceived by their impulses and inclinations. Never mind us when we have to function in society, in families, in a professional environments, there's no way that without reason, we're always going to make the right choice and we're always going to be naturally drawn toward what we're supposed to be drawn to. So again, what is the solution? Solution is to do the unthinkable, the painful, and to think. And it's to think, what is it that I'm supposed to and not supposed to do? For example, I'm not supposed to steal. I'm not supposed to lie to, to gain benefit from somebody else. I'm not supposed to cheat. I'm not supposed to manipulate. I'm not supposed to treat people like objects. I am supposed to fulfill my duties. I am supposed to be honest. I am supposed to work on myself and try to realize my potential. I am supposed to work hard. I am supposed to show mental toughness and fortitude and courage in the correct conditions and so forth and so on. And now that we see what we are objectively with our reason supposed to or not supposed to do, and then we work very hard to do it or not to do it. But not because of we can say we still wanted to, sure, but this is different than we would say in a much higher level than just the fulfilling the, the impulses as they come up to our awareness, to our attention, and then afterward justifying them and using reasons. I'm right. So anyhow, this is super important concepts here. And just by understanding them properly, giving ourselves some time to assimilate them and, and hopefully change our, uh, change our function would be tremendous. All right. Thank you for listening.